So, um, if you would, um, if you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus 20. If you do not, or you would just like to, you can read along in our bulletin. It's there, printed there for you. Um, we are looking just at the fifth commandment today. Continuing our look at Exodus and... Again, the, the, the beauty and the, of... I've, I've heard a lot of series on Ten Commandments, but I love that we're hearing this in context, in context of the story of God's deliverance, of His redemption of Israel. This is, as we've said, this is not a word we can keep because of our sinfulness, but it is a good word. It is not just, um, all right, let's come up with some standards... And so God just, all right, this might be good. No, this is God revealing His very nature to us. What is He about? Who is He? He's made us to, to be in His image, to be holy as He is holy. And this is Him saying, if you want to be in covenant with me, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like to be righteous and loving to me and be righteous and loving to one another. And we've looked at this and realized it's not a law that limits. It's not a law that crushes. It is a law that pushes us and directs us and makes us run to God for atonement, to ask for forgiveness because we fail to keep it. But it is a law of life, a law of liberty. It's given in the context of liberty. It's not conditional in the sense of, hey, I will save you from slavery if you. It's I have saved you. I have delivered you. Now be who you are. Be what I've made you to be. And that's how we need to hear these commands. So, with that said, um, let me pray and we'll read verses 1 through 12. Let's pray. Lord God, uh, give us, help us. Um, It's just one verse today, but we need your help. Um, We cannot understand your word, apart from the Spirit's help, Holy Spirit, who indwells within us and is with us when two or more gather together, we know you are present. Lord, give us help. Holy Spirit, help us to understand, to, um, to hear, to understand, and to apply this your word, recognizing the joy and freedom and love that it expresses and the joy and freedom and love we can experience when we do it. Um, help us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And God spoke these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments." You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. 
On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Uh, before I dive in, I just want to say, um, going back to the, uh, the fourth commandment, I don't know if I said this last week and I meant to, um, but I, this was very helpful. One of my professors in seminary shared this with us. The desire of the Sabbath is, again, it's God didn't create man for Sabbath, the Sabbath for man. And instead of focusing on what we shouldn't do on the Sabbath, he, he said we should focus on what we should do. And every Sabbath we get to celebrate, revel in God's goodness and grace, and celebrate the resurrection. And every time we, we get together, we're doing that. Every time we have the supper, we just confess that. We're looking Back to God's, the, the cross and the resurrection. You can't really separate those two things. They always go together. Uh, but we're looking ahead to our, the future resurrection, future glory. And so every Sunday is that. But next week, we, we'd make a special day. We, uh, one day a year. Because, yes, uh, we, God, we celebrate it every Sunday. But it really did happen on a certain day. Outside Jerusalem, it was, there was a day, a time, where Christ died, and then three days later, he rose again. And so, whether or not it was on April 7th and April 9th, that's, that's okay. But we need to remember that this is historical. It's not just, it's not allegorical. It's not just something, a philosophy. This happened really, a real time in history, and so we celebrate it one day. We celebrate it, that he really died, and he really rose again. So I, I encourage you again, little come, be refreshed, be encouraged in the gospel as we remember his crucifixion on Friday at six, and then come, invite friends and family to both to come and, and, and be re, um, uh, encouraged in the resurrection and what that means for you and me. Exodus 20, though, uh, verse 12. Um, as we... Um, Y'all, y'all, y'all have known me a while. I seldom preach on just one verse. I mean, I hardly ever do that. Um, uh, and so you think, okay, it's pretty simple. Um, what more is there to say than kids obey your parents? Let's pray. Some of you would like that. So the kids are like, I don't know. You could say more, you know. But the parents are like, yeah, do it. Um, but we know from the first four commandments, the first four commands that, that, that understanding and doing seem worlds apart, do they not? We, we, we can comprehend them. And this might be easier to comprehend because now we've entered into this kind of what we call the second table, this next section. This, the first section, the first four commandments were how do we deal with God. And that, like, that's, that's lofty, that's complex. That's, how do I relate to the Creator and the, the Triune God, uh, and He lays that out. And you know, there's a lot to say, and there's a lot more we could say that I haven't said, but uh, we don't have time, right? Um, but now we enter into this: How do we love one another? This horizontal 
love, the horizontal relationships of life between one another. And that's where we see in 5 through, uh, through 10. But even though we understand it, even though this is more accessible, even though it's more, we can experience it, we're familiar with it, we, because we experience it, because we're familiar, we realize how hard it is. This is really hard. It's, kids, it's hard to obey. It's hard to honor. And it's really hard to parent honorably. Um, I am both a child and a parent. I am now in the in-between generation. I have children and I have parents. I'm a grown man, apparently. And you don't... You know, I, I used to think, and you know, we've said this before, that you just wake up one day and like, I'm grown, I'm an adult. It's, it's, it's just seamless. I don't, in some ways, I don't feel any different than I did when I was 21. I look different. Um, I wear different clothes. Anyway, but it does, it's not like a switch and you're like, okay, I'm adulting. It just, it happens. And I'm still the same person, but now I'm... You know, there's a mortgage, and there's bills, and there's mouths to feed, and there's... But it's all hard. Um, I remember struggling to, to listen and obey. My parents remember me struggling to listen and obey. But I, 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 I experience now seeing my kids struggle. I struggle to, to love them as I should and, and discipline them as I should. Um, and that's all because of my sin nature. So because of that, because sin, because of indwelling sin in my life and your life, both being a parent and being a child are very difficult. So why does God command this? Why does God give us this if it's um, so hard? What does honoring our parents and parenting honorably look like? And that's, that's what we're looking at this morning. So first, those are my two points, just two. Honoring parents and then parenting honorably. So first point, how do we honor parents? So first of all, what does it mean to honor? You know that it doesn't say to obey. Sometimes I will... Maybe all, every parent in here has wrongly quoted this. You know, the fifth commandment it says, Obey your parents. Why should you do what I say? Because God says so. Not just because I said so, because God said so. That's true. Um, kids, write that down. I'm going to pause. Write it down. But it's bigger than just obey. It's honor. And what does honor mean? It's that word that keeps coming up in, in, in Exodus again and again and again. It's kaved. It means, it means glory. It means weight. Heavy. And so to, to, it says to honor your parents, to honor your father and mother, means that to uh, acknowledge that their, their glory, their weight, their heaviness, that they are of great value and worth. Parents are like, amen. We don't say amen in here, but that you're all thinking it. So, you know, um, so it means that we're to recognize that your parents are of great value and worth. The opposite of that, the opposite, the, the, the negative is do not take your parents lightly. Do not think lightly of them and what they say. Um, Note here, though, 
this is cool, that it doesn't say, honor your father. It says, honor your father and your mother. Okay, that's pretty significant. Now, not in our Western culture, but back then? Who's the head of the household? Well, the, the father. But who has his, to receive equal honor? Father and the mother. So, what's the takeaway? Um, parenting isn't just for mamas. <laughs> daddies need to be involved. And the honor and respect isn't just for the daddies. We're to honor mother and father equally. So, honoring means to, to recognize their value. Recognize that these are people who, who brought me into the world. These are the people who have been charged with caring for me and raising me and loved me. That they changed my diapers and uh, uh, taught me lessons of life. And, and, but more than that, that these are the people that God has given to be an authority over me. So how do we do that? What does that look like? To, to honor your father or your mother, your parents, or parent. Well, one, recognize that their loving instruction and care are valuable to you. Proverbs 1, 8-9 says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Does anybody, any girls in here like to do dress-up? Like to put on tiaras and necklaces and pretend like you have jewelry? Even, you know, we still, we like, when it's a fancy occasion, we like to dress up and put on fancy things. He says that, the words of your parents are like treasures that you wear, that you adorn yourself with. They're of great value and worth. Proverbs 2, 1-5 through 5 says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to my understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. This is, all of Proverbs, again, is written as like a father to a, most of it, father to a child, father to a son. And, and the, the, if it's, look at it like silver, like hidden treasures, and then, but the, the goal is what? Ultimately, understanding Yahweh and knowing Him. It is valuable. The instruction you receive you honor by recognizing that. Um, not only, second, not only is listening slash obeying right, the results are, you're good. Look what it says. This is a positive command that comes with a promise, with result. What does it say? It says uh, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So you mean that, that obeying my parents makes my life better? That's what God says. <laughs> it does. It's right there. Some of you are trying to cross-reference some kids. Like, oh, what does that mean? I don't know if I believe that. Anyway, um, again, going back to Proverbs 3, 3, 1 through 4. My son, do not forget my teaching. 
But let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Raise your hand if you are... Um, you know, when, when, do you, when do you're out from under your parents' authority? We'll get to that in a minute. But if you're, if you're under 21 and you want favor and good success in the sight of God and man, raise your hand. Some of you didn't raise your hand, so I'm worried about you. Uh, some of you, most people do it. Okay, anyway. I want that. Anyway, okay. Um, again, what is this? It's a law of... Life, the life that's truly life. It's a law of freedom. It's not a. It's not something just God's going like I'm trying to ruin your day or trying to ruin your life. I want to bless you. And He goes, listen to your parents. Now, what does this mean? Is it means like if I obey and I don't mess up today, then God's going to supernaturally zap me with favor? Like it's you know, well, I mean, God does that. God through His Spirit, but also it means what that if you learn how to do life and you listen and you learn how to do life in a wise way, if you learn how to do life according to God's word and his commands, which is what parents are charged with doing, we're going to get to that in a minute, that's what they're charged with teaching, if you do that, then life's going to work out, it's going to make sense. You're not going to be working against how God created life to be, you're going to be working with it. Um... There it is. That's and that's so hard. And again, I'm 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 guilty of this, and I've asked my kids to forgive me for this. And we're gonna get to that in a minute. This, this is something we should do as parents is to is repent. But I, I, I I'll say this. I'll think it, and I'll say it. How could you do that? What were you thinking? Why do I ask that? Because it's, it's silly because I, I sin without thinking or knowing why. I'm struggling. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a you know, I'm a, there's a war going on within my own being. That Romans 7 is true for my heart. So, again, we say this. Hey, you know what? It'll just go better for you if you obey. That's easier said than done. I, I want to recognize that. But it's true. And so, what's the war? What's happening? In our hearts, if you're a kid, you're going, but I, I think this. But I want this. I want, I'd rather life go this way. I'd rather the rules of life and what's good for me to be this instead of what God says. Instead of what mom and daddy says. That's what's going on. That's what's going on in my heart as I struggle to keep the command. That's what's going on in your, in, in your hearts, kids. But here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not going to condemn you we don't ever want to condemn you for the struggle. We want to remind you the way of life. And just like I can't trust myself and my own desires, you can't. And you have parents to help you realize that. By God's grace working through my parents... I, I, I get that more than I did at 7. I get that more than I did at 13. I get that more than I did at 18. 
But there's this battle. And I want so badly, still in my, in my flesh, for what I want to be right. And you, kids, you want so badly for what you want to be wise and right. But it's not often. Oftentimes it's not. When it goes against God's Word, it's not. And so as parents, we're supposed to, hey, let me tell you the right way to go. The other thing I want you to see, kids, what does it mean to honor parents? It's to recognize that instruction and discipline are an expression of love. That's a hard one, isn't it? Uh, kids, if you're here, see some kids, Luke, over there. I'm, I'm doing this because I love you. And you're going, it doesn't feel like it. Can you feel it? No, I can't. I don't feel the love. I won't ever sing again. I'm sorry I did that. That was not in my notes. I don't want to hear critiques. I don't, y'all are y'all are making notes like this is awful. I'm tuned out now. He's trying to sing. All right, but I don't want to hear it. Anyway, but I know it's bad. So I don't feel the love. I don't feel it. Why do my parents say that all the time? How could that be true if it feels so wrong? Proverbs, again, I'm going to keep going to Scripture. Because again, don't just take my word for it. Don't take a pastor's word for it. Don't take a daddy's word for it. What does God say? He says in in Proverbs 3.11-12, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of His reproof, for the Lord reproves, disciplines, Him who He loves as a father, the son in whom He delights. Kids, when your parents instruct you and tell you things they've said over and over again, and you go, I know. And when they, when your parents discipline you, when there's consequences for your disobedience, whether it's time out or spanking, or being grounded or having something taken away. It doesn't feel good. But it says, the Lord loves, He shows His love in His discipline. And guess what, kids? People like me that are 44, your parents, we still receive the loving discipline of the Lord. And your parents have actually, if they're members of this church, have said, we want under-shepherds of Jesus, elders, to lovingly discipline us. We've invited discipline into our lives. And we acknowledge that when sin happens, that there are consequences of sin that, that are much heavier and hurtful than being grounded. We still... Receive the loving discipline of our Heavenly Father. Discipline is not bad. It's the evidence of love. And this is echoed in Hebrews 12. 12 verse 5. He says, And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Be weary when you are reproved by Him. He says, For if the Lord disciplines the one He loves and chastises every son whom He receives, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom His Father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. 
Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respect them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? Then he concludes in verse 11, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Can I get an amen, kids? Amen. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. It's it's an expression of love. The love of God to you to have parents that teach you the right way to go. An expression of love from your parents. I've said this, and I've said to my kids, it's like, I am so passionate about how you turn out. I'm willing to to go through with this this discipline, which even to me maybe feels mean. (laughs) But I love you. (laughs) And if I didn't love you, I wouldn't care how you turn out. And let me just tell you, this isn't pleasant for me. This isn't what my heart desires to do. Selfishly. What do I want to do? Uh, okay. That would be the selfish response is withholding. But to do the work of discipline as a parent. We'll come to that in a minute. That's hard. And uh, in, in, in even in Revelation 3, those whom I love, God says, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. That's what we want. That's what we want. That's what your parents want for you, to be zealous for what's good and true and to keep, what is repent? Stop doing bad things and do right things? No, turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus and know that He will forgive you. So, what does it mean to honor? It means to recognize that, 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 that your parents have worth and value. To recognize that their discipline is, is, um, is good. And is an expression of love. To, to recognize that also that this command has a wider scope. That to learn to obey parents, to learn to rest in, in, um, in, their, in their knowledge and in their instruction also helps us to submit to other authorities. If, if children, if you, if you don't learn how the, that you're going to always have someone over you, whether it be a, the, the, the President of the United States, the Governor, a Judge, an Elder, um, a boss, you're, you're going to always be under authority. This isn't something, you know, the idea, when I'm grown, I can just do what I want. Uh, I'm still waiting, you know. It hadn't happened. I do whatever I want. Yeah, I've got more freedom. Yeah, I've got, you know, I do have more freedoms, yes. I can pick my own bedtime. That's so unfair. Kids, isn't it? So unfair. You can stay up late. Well, you know, sometimes I don't get that right either. You know, I still mess that up. But it's on me, right? So, uh, but I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to love you and, and guide you in that. But here's the thing. Um, this is to help you learn how to just do life. How to adult is how to obey and submit to authority. And, um, and also, the last thing I want to say is, on this is, uh, kids, recognize that this commandment for you, like, are all, are, is one commandment more important than the other? No. But for you kids, this is the most essential. Because this fifth commandment is your doorway into all the rest. Have you ever thought about it that way? To understand, like, I'm reading this stuff to you and some of the kids are going, ah, okay. 
Especially these, these big ones later. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Okay, whoa. How do I, how do I begin to understand that? How do I... Keeping the Sabbath. What? Go to church. What? How do you know those things? It's through your parents. That's how God designed it to be. That this is your entry point. You enter into the middle and you learn how through looking to your parents, listen to their instruction, watch them live, how, that, how to love God. You enter into this, this entry point of honoring your parents, listening to them, then you learn how to what? Live righteously and lovingly toward one another. This is important. This is how God's designed it. Also, it's good, and finally, it's good that, that it says honoring instead of obeying because this is not something that stops in childhood. If it was just obey your parents, they're like, well, I'm an adult. I don't have to obey anymore. But it says honor. What does that look like? What does it look like to honor your parents when you're an adult? Well, Jesus speaks on this. He rebukes uh, the Pharisees. Um, the Pharisees, this is Matthew 15, he says, The Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, why do, you dis- why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands to eat. Again, that kind of stuff burned Jesus up. <laughs> Talk about washing hands? Let me tell you something. That's what he says. He said, Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and your mother. Whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. And his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites. What, what was the example? You had people... Uh, people, God's people that were not taking care of their families, weren't taking care of their parents when they got older. And you've, you've made a tradition, you've made a way that you can give to the temple, you can give to the synagogue, and you're, you're out. You're not responsible for your parents. How dare you? That's what he says. As an adult child, obedience is no longer required, but honor is. Sinclair Ferguson says, We're no longer under the authority of our parents the way we once were. We have left that family structure and started a new one. That is why the Bible never says to adults, Obey your parents, but we still honor them. 1 Timothy 5.8 says, If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's New Testament. We honor our parents as adults by listening, by making time for them, by caring for them when they need care. They're still of great worth and worthy of honor. So, that's what it means to honor your parents. Quickly though, what does it mean to parent honorably? And that's not here in the text directly, but as, as it's quoted, this passage is quoted in the New Testament, that's brought out. Um, we see that in Colossians 3. Children, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. There's, there's a way to parent. And, and I want to give you some quick things. This is what it means to parent honorably. First, teach them the Word of God. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's only one 
God. All these false gods are, you know, false. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. He says, this is my word, this is my commands. Now you tell them who I am. You make my word known to your children. You make sure that this, that who I am and my word is known by the next generation and the next and the next. It's not something we just do on Sundays. It says whenever you sit, as you go, we're to be teaching and talking some of the most profound conversations I have with my kids about the Gospels in the car. Some of the best times of discipline happen in the car. <laughs> a lot happens in the car. Can we just? A lot of life happens in the car. Anyway, um, but just just the as you go questions from a child. How, man, so much good conversation has happened there. That's our job. Second, loving and consistent discipline. Again, we've kids. We told kids how they are to receive discipline, but that's our that's our calling as parents. Proverbs thirteen twenty four. Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but whoever loves him is diligent to discipline him. I, I don't believe this is dictating one form of discipline. This is any discipline. Some kids respond to different disciplines. You know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a toss-up. You have to learn that. You have to learn your child, what motivates them. But it's to be loving. Not out of anger, not out of rage. Because it's, discipline itself is to be an expression of love. And we need God's grace there. But also it needs to be consistent. And, and let's just acknowledge, let's acknowledge as parents, it's It's hard. It's hard to be consistent. Why? Because we just get tired. <laughs> I mean, I get tired of my sin. I get tired of their sin. They get tired of my sin. We all just get tired of it. And we sometimes just want to gloss over and maybe act like it's not there. But, what a, man. But listen to this. Another a quote from Proverbs nineteen eighteen: Discipline your son for there is hope. Man. <laughs> it can feel so futile. Especially when they're little. Don't do that. 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 Where's the hope? He says there's hope. Keep doing it. Okay, here we go. Don't stop. There's hope. It's right. Go to the Word. Do not set your heart on putting... And then it says, don't set your heart on putting Him to death. Just need that one. Remember that, okay? That. Amen. Discipline your son for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting Him to death. Now... Is that talking about the, the, the way you discipline, not loving? Maybe, but I think it's talking about the lack. Because the discipline yields life. Loving discipline yields life and, and, and blessing. And to not do so is to just abandon that child to the elements. Also, we can go to Ephesians. We, we just quoted Colossians, but it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children... To anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And some of the kids hear that and go, Yay, my parents can't tell me anything that will make me angry. All right. Yes. Is that what that means? 
No. What is it saying though? That's that weird one. Don't provoke your don't you know, don't provoke your children. Well, it means that we as parents are to love and care like the Heavenly Father loves and cares for us. How, what are ways to provoke your ch- children to anger? Here's a how-to. Uh, or how not to. But here's, this is how you can provoke a child to anger. First of all, being indifferent. And again, weariness, jobs, weights of responsibility as an adult. It happens, but you can provoke your child to anger by being indifferent. Your child's needs and concerns are important no matter how tired we are. Don't be indifferent. You can provoke your child to anger by showing partiality, showing favoritism, talking about even somebody that's not even your kid, like how much better that kid is than you are, comparing them. Why can't you be more like Jimmy? Why can't you be more like Vince? We can't, don't do that. God has given you your child. That, that's yours. And, and they're unique. And they need you to love them. And to nurture them. And not compare them. What, what, is, what does our sinful hearts naturally do? We naturally compare ourselves to everyone else. Compare my inside to everyone else's outside. And teenagers are really good at that. Don't contribute to it. Don't show partiality. Cookie cutter parenting. I have four kids and they're all very different. And they need from me different things. Need different amounts of encouragement, different types of discipline, different types of listening. Some need more... um, coercing in certain areas than others. It would be easy if they were all the same, wouldn't it, parents? It would be easy if every kid responded the same way to everything you did. Man, it would be so easy. But it's not. It's not. Don't show partiality. Don't do cookie-cutter parenting. Don't institute an environment of conditional, merit-based love. Don't be legalistic in how you present the gospel. <laughs> Man, you know what? We do this stuff with um, Vacation Bible School. We pull our curriculum out. Let's go talk about this. We get this stuff for kids. And what does it end up doing? When it boils it down for kids, t- typically what it does, it makes it just legalistic. It makes it about just do right. Do what Jesus did. I can't do what Jesus did. What would Jesus do? Well, He would walk on water. I can't do that. He would... Perfectly love the Heavenly Father. I can't do that. He would never sin. I'm going to sin. We need to know the power of the gospel and teach our kids that, not just moralism. And the last thing, the way you can provoke your kid is about making it all about you. And I, I say all these things, I know I've been guilty in all these things. In some way or the other. Because of my sinful heart. We are to love sacrificially our children, love as a life-giving spirit, love the life-giver as the Father, to lay down our life as the Son. That's what we're called to do. Not make it about us. We are charged with raising up brothers and sisters in Christ and investing in them.
Um, the last thing I want to say about honoring honorable parenting is how do we parent young adults or adults? I don't have an adult child yet. I've got one that's close. He thinks he's closer than he is. That's okay. I'd rather it be that way than the other. That he longs for that, he wants that, and that's good. But how do we as parents parent adult children? Realizing that obedience is no longer something that's required, no longer something we can expect, no longer something we should expect. Ferguson goes on to say in his article on this, he says, Sometimes I think both parents and children can give themselves problems by not understanding this reality. The Christian parent who does not understand it may turn out to be a real problem to his or her children. And the husband or wife who doesn't understand it may become a real problem to their spouse. Adult children are to be adults. And we love them, we devote them, we trust that the Lord is watching over them and keeping them. This brings us to the conclusion. How do we do this? How do we faithfully love our little ones? How do we listen and obey fallible, sometimes wrong adults? How do we sit back and watch grown children do life on their own? How do we care for our parents when we are grown? How do we do this? Will we rest in the fact that the perfect parent is our Heavenly Father? The perfect child is the only begotten Son. We rest in the redeeming, pursuing, caring love of God. That's how we do it. Christ has paid for our sins, paid for our failings as children and as parents. But this is the way of life. And so by His grace we'll pursue His ways. To love as the Father loves and to obey as the Son obeys. Knowing that this is not conditional but it's something He's given because He's loved us, because He's redeemed us, because He's already is the perfect Father and the perfect Son. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank You for this, Your Word. And we pray that You would help us to remember these truths. That, that, um, that we, as parents, would aspire to deserve and, and receive honor. Help us to be parents worthy of the children that you've given us. And Lord, help us as children to honor our parents in whatever phase of life we're in. And Lord, we know that no child should obey a parent who's telling them to sin or leading them in a way contrary to you. But So Lord, help us to not do that as parents. Help us to submit to you, to not think that we are now above and beyond submission but that we are your children and you are our Father. Um, so help us to, to model that and point them to you. Um, we need your grace, and we thank you for the goodness of this, your, your law. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.